Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi everyone, this is Rohit from Life Self Mastery and today we're excited to have Selma Rebecca, who's a fintech entrepreneur and VC investor. She's the founder of First Circle of Venture Capital Fund and a global community backing fintech companies in key African tech hubs. Uh, Semla founded an award-winning money transfer service, Libera Money, and was an early executive of M-Pesa, the pioneer mobile money service. A big thanks to Anto Chong for the introduction. Uh, welcome to the show, Semla. Thank you very much, Rohit. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Yeah, no pleasures on mine. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you have an interesting story. You, you've been... Uh, uh, you know, you've done the MBA from India, then you, uh, you, you've also worked in London, uh, now you're working in Africa, so it's, uh, you have a global perspective. How do you get into this world of startups? I, I think what happened is when I did my MBA, you know, I, I really realized that uh, I want to be part of, um, at, at, at the front of innovation and the front of social and economic change for the better. I really enjoyed that and I decided to refocus my career on Africa. Okay. And um, I kind of realized Africa was and, that uh, last continent. Uh, and, and you also went on to uh, work with Libra. I kind of realized, uh, sorry, Rohit, there's a bit of a lag. Yeah, it is. Sorry. Uh, Shall I start from the beginning? Yeah. 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 So after graduating, you know, when I was at INSEAD, I was reflecting kind of what should be my next step, what I really want to do in life. I already had kind of 10 years of career and I was like, what next? And what really uh, excited me is, I, is, is Africa, because I thought, well, this is the last continent where some major growth can be still unlocked and a lot of things can be enabled. And then I, I wanted to be at the forefront at that positive change. And then I thought, what would be the driver of that? growth and uh, I concluded that technology will be the driver of the growth so I ended up in technology in Africa 10 years ago I was working for M-Pesa which became the um, an example of Africa leapfrogging to mobile based solutions and banking hundreds of millions of people across the world with this innovation interesting uh, you know you, you've been very early into uh, M-Pesa and Libara what, what, are, what are some of your learnings uh, working as an early executive in these companies? I think, I think you know, it's important to be a, a believer because in the beginning you are going against the odds, the industry is not behind you, the money, the capital is not behind you, and you really have to uh, keep on believing that this is the right path and, and it's, the, it's the story of resilience and the story of motivation. And today, working with entrepreneurs, these are some of the qualities that we look at entrepreneurs, you know, uh, the quality and the nature of their motivation and the, the grit or the resilience that they carry. Mm, got it, got it, interesting. And, uh, you, you know, what, what do you think would be some of your biggest lessons from investing in, you know, hundreds of companies with um, Africa Invest Group uh, while you're working with them? I think uh, first, uh, re first biggest learning is that even though uh, no matter how smart we think we are as VC investors or how much of a due diligence we are doing, we don't control things and we will be wrong. Uh, the important thing is to learn from those mistakes and um, 
you know, be, continue personal growth, which will only in, improve the quality of our investment decisions. Some of the deals that I missed at times uh, in my early investing career were because I thought that the founders perhaps didn't have enough of depth in the fintech industry, didn't have enough knowledge. But what I really underestimated was hunger. And mm. today I understand that hunger beats depth. Mm, interesting. So I try to accommodate for that. Interesting. And, and how, do you, how do you see hunger in a person? Is it, is it possible to see hunger? Because uh, somebody can be very charismatic, but how do you, how do you judge that? So it's a bit more complex than just looking at hunger. Uh, us as investors, now we developed at First Circle Capital, me and my partner, we developed a bit of a framework looking at different qualities we want to see at an entrepreneur or the founding team. And, and the first, first kind of area we look at is something we call relationship to self. And here we evaluate a person's ability to self-reflect. If a person demonstrates ability to self-reflect, receives feedback, and is able to openly engage, receive you know, negative feedback, positive feedback, and quickly adapt, then we say that they are self-reflective and therefore they will be able to test, fail, learn, adapt, and grow. And this is a key quality in the, that we look for in an entrepreneur. Second one is called relationship to others. And here we look for empathy, empathy and ability to trust others. Uh, if, if a founder or founding team demonstrate these qualities, it means that they will be able to be good sales, manage different stakeholders, but also they'll be able to attract and retain high quality talent and make them work for the organization. So it's a key quality that we look for. And the, the third pillar is the motivation. And this is where maybe hunger can be recognized more uh, or less, but it's the quality of the motivation. It can be positive or negative. Some people you know, build businesses out of ego, others because they are inspired by creating permanent change in the world. Another group, they are motivated by material gain and winning, or maybe somebody's building a spite business. Well, we look at all of this in different light and choose the best teams with motivations that make sense to back. And finally, and I say the last, is the technical skills. And here we look at person's knowledge of the industry, previous experience, quality of their education or the quality of their network which have the correlation to success, but perhaps are not the most important. Interesting. You mentioned the quality of, of education uh, and the quality of the network. Uh, and I was just wondering that, you know, uh, is, it, is, it, is it quite relevant in these times? Uh, because, you know, you, you have platforms like Twitter and LinkedIn where somebody can build a network, but how important would be an education uh, quality education for, for somebody to be invested in? Unfortunately, still we see today, at least that for fundraising, people who have graduated at um, certain institutions or worked in certain companies have built long-lasting alumni networks that they can leverage easily for the first round of money. So that really sets you up for success quicker, right? So it is a correlation for success. 
However, asset first circle capital, we also back specific universities that are maybe not so famous in each of our target country in Nigeria, in Kenya, in Egypt, because we know they produce a certain type of talent and we like to back them. And then we like to give them that access to those global networks that they may not have, because, you know, not everybody studied at Harvard or at IE or INSEAD or whatever, Oxford, Cambridge. These people, they need this access and, and because it will accelerate their growth. So at First Circle Capital, we decided that we want to build, in addition to the fund, also a global community that the founders can back. So our first LPs are global fintech founders, people who do have these networks and they can extend them to the portfolio companies to enable their business development and fundraising. Mm, got it. And uh, you, know, you know, you you started uh, first capital, sorry, first circle. What uh, what is the thesis of the fund, and are you sector and stage agnostic? We are a pre-seed fund, 30 million in size. We invest in pre-seed and seed fintech companies. Fintech is our key focus. Key markets are in Africa, three markets taking 70% of our investment portfolio size, which are Egypt, Nigeria, and Kenya. These are the large markets with big population and open regulatory environment that enables innovation in fintech. Uh, this is in a nutshell what we do. When it comes to fintech, we have a quite a broad definition of fintech because in Africa, often fintech is not only about pure financial services innovation, but it's also extending it to adjacent industries like supply chain, health, uh, you name it. So we, we see two buckets of opportunities. We invest in fintech infrastructure on one hand, and this can be classic PSPs or predecessors of open banking or reg tech. And on the other hand, it's the bucket that we call leapfrogging for a lack of a better word. Uh, these are people and entrepreneurs that are reinventing financial services in Africa, use case by use case, adapting it to the local context. So how do we reinvent insurance for the African population? How do we reinvent its distribution, the policies? How do we make it become a mass market product? Today, only half percent of Egyptian population has access to insurance. Similar things for remittances, for wealth management, uh, for health payments, logistic payments, etc. This is our thesis. Today I have an interesting stat for you, to denote that the founder of Beautiful Lives increased the social media presence by 10x. They managed to publish consistently and effortlessly using a robust social media management tool called Social Pilot. Social Pilot is a cost-effective social media tool that helps businesses scale their social media marketing efforts. Use lifestylemastery.com slash social pilot to get a 14-day free trial. Got interesting. And uh, you know, how do you make, how do you uh, do your due diligence on startups uh, if they're spread across Africa? I mean, Africa is really big, and there's so many countries. But but do you uh, do you invite startups to come to Morocco uh, to, to you know meet with the fund, or how how does the diligence happen there? 
No, we have a very detailed sourcing network and we manage a large volume of deal flow. We look at um, 150 companies each quarter in fintech in these markets, in pre-seed. And um, this is thanks to our network. So I'm based in Morocco. My partner is in Uganda, but we also have team in Nigeria and Kenya yeah. and Tanzania. Then we have venture partners across in each market. And finally, we do a lot of outreach because we are a fintech focused fund, meaning we are very specialized. We look at each sub-segment of fintech and we purposefully make sure that we know every deal that happens and look at every deal before we pick winners. For example, we would make a Zoom uh, one quarter on InsureTech and we would make sure to look at every insurtech model in and every insurtech team in Egypt, Nigeria, Kenya, etc. Then we would do extensive research to learn what worked in other emerging markets like in India and in Southeast Asia, which insurtech models did take off in similar environment that is to Africa, meaning informal low tech environments where penetration is low. And then we finally zoom in and uh, do due diligence on a few of them and make a couple of investments that we decide are the best to back. So this focused approach really allows us to kind of go sub-segment by sub-segment and leveraging our network and reach to look at every possible deal in that sub-segment. This is our goal. <laughs> mm, interesting. And uh, I, I know, you know, the fund is new, but, uh, uh, but uh, do you have any, you know, uh, big wins or misses from a from a you know cash back or multiple like, perspective? Yeah, my biggest multiples in Africa are about thirty six x Moic now. Uh, globally, they're around one hundred and fifty six x Moic. We made some really early picks in some companies that did very well and did some partial exits already. Oh, However, it's a nascent ecosystem and we believe that the further growth can be unlocked. So we're also sticking into um, to some of the ownership there still. Mm, got it. And uh, does the, the big hits and misses impact how you how you invest? Like, does it give you a, a confirmation bias if, if a certain deal works that you need to keep investing into that particular market? I think I think the best learning is to learn on 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 you know what went well what didn't go well there okay. are no models you know when we invest early stage actually the first screening is not on the model and I insist on that over and over again. It's not about looking at the market size, it's not looking at the model. It's really looking at the people. Mm. and looking and doing the analysis on those four pillars. If we find the right quality of people, then we move on to DD, due diligence, and look at the model. And only because whatever initial model it is, the right people, the right team will learn, you know, fail, learn, pivot, and adapt, and find a way to win. Mm, interesting. Uh, you, you mentioned people are important, but especially when it comes to pre-seed and seed, it doesn't really matter uh how big the market is like you know what if they're in a market which is which is very small uh and they're solving uh you know vitamins but not the painkiller i mean that's the sort of analogy where i'm going but how, how important is market uh 
for for a team for a it's important because of our strategy our strategy is that we're going to have 30% of the portfolio that will bring 95% of the returns this is the assumption hmm. because of that we only make big bets the bets that can potentially give us 50x hmm. if we don't believe if if it's a niche market we are less likely to do it unless we see a way for that becoming a large market eventually mm. so we only do big bets infrastructure or pure leapfrogging reinventing a sub-segment of the industry upside reinventing it turning it upside down making it work for the african context so high risk high reward kind of profiles mm. got it interesting and what you mentioned is like the the, the power law in in venture capital maybe yeah you know for for listeners uh, if they want to understand you know what is uh, what is power law and you know what should be the multiple return for uh, power law status uh, in your view i think you know the, there are some stories around funds that returned you know 100x 30x 50x these are import, these are very amazing returns right uh now in african context we still do not have enough data what that is right mm. we don't have enough uh, the industry is very nascent it started only 5 years ago technically mm. and we don't have enough liquidated funds to really kind of have benchmark and say well for africa this is this is the this is this is where we should be hmm got it interesting and uh, especially you know uh, since you mentioned africa such a such a new ecosystem how how do you how to keep yourself fresh and and have a clean mind when you when you're viewing new new opportunities because uh, i mean correct me if i'm wrong because a lot of uh, the ideas could be like a copy of what's been working in in asia and and, and europe as well as in us but um, how how do you how do you keep a a fresh mindset uh, you know what's going to work and what's not going to work again again i say it's really about people right? right so we'll see a lot of teams doing the same thing right maybe doing it slightly differently the deck almost the same the same positioning but then we would pick those who are most likely to make it do they have the right kind of motivation do they have the right kind of personal characteristics emotional intelligence uh do they have the right network to make it happen what's their traction so far do we see them closing even though they may not have too much revenue are they closing partnerships like uh, there is no tomorrow this is also traction are they managing to attract high quality talent to join their team these are the kind of things we look at so if we spot this type of quality of execution and the quality um emotion of emotional intelligence uh then 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 we then we go for it got it and uh you know i wanted to know uh, do you have a, uh any any insecurity as an investor uh, uh or you know a weakness as an investor which you would want to combat as investors in vc we have a lot of potential weaknesses that we can fall victim to one of okay. them of course is fomo fear of missing out if we look at the deal and uh, the founders are really good at making us feel like we're missing out we see a lot of good names in the round even though you know we have we feel some red flags about the people here and there we may succumb to the pressure that we want to be part of the round 
you know this is this is one of them or another one is thinking that we know better <laughs> mm. so we are an expert i worked in the industry for 10 years in africa you know i i accumulated a lot of knowledge investing in different companies i did the same i still have to step away from that and give the benefit of the doubt to the entrepreneur who's going in and building something new and look with a fresh head that they know better and they yeah. should convince me that they will be able to succeed. So there are different kind of traps that us as investors, we can fall into. Mailman is an email assistant that shields you from unimportant emails, minimizing interruptions and making your days calmer and more productive. You can visit mailmanhq.com and use the code LSM, uh, which gives you the benefit of 15% off for the first year on the annual plan. Uh, which already has 20% discounted compared to the monthly plan. So you can visit mailmanhq.com and use the code LSM. I mean, we could have an impending uh, recession uh, or, or like a, a you know, financial crunch coming in, but, uh, uh, but which segment of the market do you think will be hit the most, especially when it comes to fintech, uh, uh, or do you think you know, it's not going to be impacted at all? I think this is the best time to invest mm. because of several reasons. Uh, one, because valuations are becoming reasonable and uh, there is less uh, competition for deals. Second, this fear of recession and um, slowdown of capital deployment will actually weed out the seasonal entrepreneurs who want to build a lifestyle business. It will also weed out companies that uh, had no attention to unit economics or were building businesses that are not sustainable. So uh, if you ask me what will be hit the most, it will be companies with bad unit economics that were overvalued due to help hype in the last two years. Mm. However, we do have some companies that did uh, did take a higher valuation last year, but still have great unit economics and they will survive. They will be they will be pragmatic founders who will go to the market, raise bridge rounds at prudent valuations and continue growing these companies. Mm. Got it. Got it. Interesting. And, uh, you know, you've, you've been in the in the in the VC industry for, for for a couple of years now. What what is the one thing you would like to change about the venture landscape today? I would like to see more entrepreneurs investing as opposed to financial professionals. Uh, I would like to also see more inclusive environment, more diverse environment. I would like to see also more. Uh, tolerance for founders, um, mistakes, more coaching, more tolerant for mental health issues that they are very prone to. These are the kind of things that we still work to change in this industry. Got it. And uh, you made an interesting point that you would want more in entrepreneurs to invest, but, uh, but, but what are your thoughts of an entrepreneur who wants to create like an operator VC fund uh, do you think an operator can also run a fund at the same time? Do you think it's going to uh, be difficult for him to focus on one thing? I think they need to like exit and then do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, that's the kind of difficult path we see, right? Because yeah. both are very, very draining jobs sure. and require full focus. Yeah. <laughs> mm, got it. Uh, and, and obviously, you know, uh, uh, I, 
you know, Serena Williams recently retired from tennis and she got into uh, VC industry because she was surprised to know only 2% of uh, the VC money goes to female founders. Uh, now, uh, obviously, uh, you know, uh, the, the numbers have improved, but it is nowhere, you know, the numbers we, we see for for male founders, um, even in countries like, you know, India and in continents like Africa, what can be done to have more female entrepreneurs in the ecosystem? Well, I mean, uh, we are doing quite well. We have about 25% of our portfolio companies that have at least one female founder, so way above the average. And we are in a fintech industry that's not exactly dominated by female entrepreneurs. <laughs> so I think one thing we can clearly do is to have more female GPs because oh. us as female GPs, we somehow tend to uh, pick more female uh, entrepreneurs and back them than all male teams. So that's clearly one thing that could be done. Uh, other things that we are doing ourselves is um, we decided, for example, to have more female LPs in our fund as well, because we are a fund that offers uh, co-investment opportunities to all of our LPs at no fees. And one of the goals is also to bring talented people with the knowledge of the industry into the deals to co-invest with us, right? And we would like to have more females. And what we did for female LPs that we decided to have no minimum ticket for females. Okay. One of the barriers for people to invest in funds usually is that the tickets are so high that this is only accessible to few people. Okay. To attract more female LPs, we decided to waive the minimum ticket. These are the kind of things that came to our mind. And and finally, what we do is really try to help create more role models. Nice. So in our portfolio, when we have female founders, we intend to do intentional PR on them and celebrate them. Hmm. Interesting, got it. And uh, I quickly wonder to the top three, what's your favorite business book? It's been a while that I uh, stopped reading business books. You know, I had a yeah. period after the MBA for about five years. So right. now, actually, I don't read business books. Okay. Any, any <laughs> uh, books. Recently, I read a wonderful book that I want to recommend to everybody. It's by um, a writer called um, Abdul Razak. Uh, he is basically just won a Nobel Prize. Uh, he's originally from Zanzibar, Tanzania, but okay. grew up in the UK and became uh, a professor of colonial studies. Hmm. And he basically is writing books that are all about connections between Europe, especially UK and Africa. And I really enjoyed uh, his parallels between the two cultures and the stories. Mm, got it, got it. Interesting. We'll put that in the show notes. And, you know, if you could go back in time when you started um, first uh, circle, what is the one thing you focused on or done anything differently? Um, I think sometimes, you know, um, we are so get as entrepreneurs, we get so consumed in the project and re succeeding the fund that we forget and, and, and reaching that goal, which is, I don't know, the target raise or the final close or the size of the fund or whatever that is, that we forget to have fun, you know? And maybe I, I, I almost forgot how to have fun at some point of the journey, but I remembered quite soon and I'm really happy about that. Got it, I love that answer. And uh, what's your favorite online tools, for example, Gmail, Slack, Zoom? 
you know, online tools are a nightmare because we have so many and often they don't communicate with each other. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. there is one that we rely on a lot in the industry. I think a lot of VC funds use it. It's called Affinity. Yeah. It really enables that ma manage our deal flow process and pipeline of opportunities as well as fundraising pipeline. So this is the one that's quite smart and uh, it saves us a lot of time. Got it. And um... Uh, you know, what, what is the best way people can reach out to you and know more about First Circle? Uh, people can contact me on LinkedIn or um, on, on, on our LinkedIn First Circle Capital page. Uh, we are happy to get in touch uh, with entrepreneurs, investors, wider community, because as I said, our goal is really to bring Africa on the global map. Right. and to enable better access for African entrepreneurs to those global networks. So please don't ha don't hesitate to reach out. Got it. We'll, we'll put that in our show notes. Um, so now thank you so much for taking our time speaking to us. I really enjoyed my conversation with you. Me too, Rohit. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery podcast, where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.